Sing Second Sports is a ProVision Advisors production. Let us solve your toughest communication problems and leave your team stronger and more capable for the challenges that lie ahead. Visit www.provisionadvisors.net to learn more. Hey, hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard another great Sing Second Sports podcast from sunny, actually rainy San Diego. It is I, John Schofield, and Chris Cervello, and our special guest is Bill Wagner. Ward is out here in San Diego, but working his real job, so it's just the three amigos and plenty of good stuff to talk about. Number one, another end star in the book as Navy basketball went up to West Point and defeated Army 52-49. to Wags and I are going to break that down here in a minute, and we're also going to bring on Mike Heary for his every two-week analysis segment. Uh, We are also very pleased to be joined today by Kip Simons, who just won the N-Star for Navy Gymnastics, and Navy Track and Field star Katie Halbert. Uh, They just beat Army as well, and she's looking forward to the end of the Dark Ages. But first things first, let's go over... The weekend that was, it was a very successful weekend, a fun weekend. Number one, track and field. Um, They posted 39 IC4A, ECAC qualifying times during the Darius Dixon Memorial Invitational. Um, Great way for them to come off of winning the stars, both the men and the women. Uh, Coach Jamie Cook was very happy. Um, A lot of athletes uh, posting some good times and uh, great results, so hats off to them. Uh, The women, women's basketball went up to Army with the men, unfortunately did not come away with their star. They lost 70 to 66. Uh, They were in it at the end and just kind of petered out. Wags will discuss that a tiny bit too. Men's lacrosse, BZ coming back against a Richie Meadless Mercer team. Uh, They won 15 to five. Um, a really good way to come off of that, you know, it was kind of a clunker against the Mount. And I know that Wags would agree with me there. Women's Lax defeated Cal 18 to 10. So happy to have lacrosse back. Um, everything is very, very good. And then we didn't talk to Kip Simons about it, but men's gymnastics earned their fourth straight all academy championship title down in Frisco, Texas. Not only was he happy to go down there after beating Army, but at the same time as that meet, there were a bunch of other junior meets going on down there. So um, kind of a, a great opportunity for Coach Simons to uh, re, restock and reload on the recruiting trail uh, in order to continue to win those stars. There were a bunch of other results. Uh, I'll get to those in the out. But Wags, first things first, let's get in to Navy basketball. Mike Keery is going to break it down in a little bit more detail. But what were your takeaways other than Tyler Nelson having an NBA body and starting to post NBA games, what were your takeaways from the big N-star win for the men's team? Well, yeah, Tyler Nelson was terrific, and he had another one of his spectacular dunks. Uh, I love nothing better than when he dunks on Army. Um, and, uh, you know, I I could see more out of this. I, I, I think he's going to blow up his senior year. I really do. And if he develops a more consistent jumper, uh, extends his range a little bit. This is this guy's got pro potential 
And I don't know that it's NBA. Of, uh, I mean, that's tough. But I know this kid could play overseas. He's got the athleticism. It'll be interesting to see if that's even in the cards. But, you know, great win. Tremendous defense. That's where it all starts. I mean, Army is a team that likes to get up and down the floor. They want to press. And Navy eliminated that element of the game. If you remember in the blown 27-point lead, uh, things got away from Navy defensively, and Army put up a pretty big number, way higher than Coach Tuchelis would have wanted in that game at Alumni Hall. So it all starts with defense, tremendous performance. Uh, continue to be amazed at how well Navy men's basketball plays on the road. Um, but it was a nice uh, uplifting victory on the heels of a heartbreaking uh, loss for the women in the uh, opener of the doubleheader, John. Are you surprised, and I mean no disrespect to Coach DeChellis or Coach Davis or Coach Perry or any of the other you know, staff supporting Navy men's basketball, but I, quite frankly, after the Lehigh game, felt like this team was in trouble. Um, and you know, it, it doesn't mean that I'm going to stop rooting for them. It doesn't mean that I'm going to stop believing in them. But I thought they were in trouble, and the way that they have rebounded has really been impressive. Unfortunately... The, the, I don't want the pass to be prologue, but you know, here we are. We have an American game on Wednesday, another tough midweek roadie that Coach DeCellis has been on the record saying that he doesn't like. Now, this one's a little bit different. They can go through the full class day and then just drive down 50 and get into Northwest D.C. and take on American. Mike Curry said that that's a trap game. Do you agree? Potentially, um, but I, I think Davey will be fine. Um, they traditionally played fairly well at Bender Arena. Um, but in relation to what you said about after Lehigh, and believe me, no one was more frustrated than Ed DeCellis and the coaching staff. And, and things were going a bit south. But the, I cannot emphasize how important the Loyola win was. Uh, go up to Baltimore, Reitz Arena. Um, similar situation, not a typical road game where you go and spend the night beforehand it's a day of trip but um that was an outstanding performance the navy pulled out a gutsy 56 55 victory in a hostile environment and reitz arena was rocking that night i was there uh that that was a critical victory and then as you mentioned take care of business at home against lafayette well you know a nice solid win there handled a business and then going up and beating army on the road so it if you can take out American at Bender Arena Wednesday, I believe, I'm almost 100% sure that clinches a top four seed for Navy, which would mean they don't play a uh, quarterfinal. I mean, an opening round game, they would have a bye and move right to the quarterfinals. And I, I don't know if it guarantees a home game, but I'm pretty sure it would guarantee a quarterfinal game. Is that correct, John? Yeah, so I, I broke it down with Mike Heary in the next segment. But, but yeah, it's, it's definitely... It's right there. We're a game and a half back from Colgate. We've put some of that white space that I've talked about before between us and the other teams and beating Army to kind of flush them down to, uh, to a 500 record in the league uh, did a lot. So, yeah, beating American does an awful lot to make sure that they're in a conversation to be the one or the two seed. But like I said with Mike Erie, I don't know if we want to be the one seed. Finally, Wags, before we get to the interviews, you were on station to see uh, Navy lacrosse try to uh, try to turn frowns upside down after the clunker against the Mount. What, what were your takeaways from the, from the big home win against Mercer? Looked like a completely different team, John. Um, just came out with a much more aggressive attitude, 
uh, really, I, I, they were determined to make amends. And as Coach Amplos said, in the opener against Mount St. Mary's, Mount St. Mary's was the hungry team that played, you know, let it all hang out. And Navy got tight and played not to lose. That was not the case against uh, uh, Mercer. Navy really took it to them from the get-go, jumped out to a big lead. I think they were up. Uh, good Lord. They, I think they, it was scoreless at halftime. I'd have to go and check my box score. But, you know, it's just a tremendous first half, took total charge and, you know, never really looked back. Great performances out of Pat Scalniak, the midfielder. Um, you know, they, they, everything was clicking. Uh, offense was solid. Defense was getting the job done. Didn't have to uh, make many saves. I mean, the defense was all over Mercer. The shot count, look at the shot count, John. It's like 61 to 21. That's crazy in a college lacrosse game. So just a tremendous performance for Navy. And then let's not forget the women on Friday night. I was there on Friday afternoon and Navy women's lacrosse started strong in their opener, a very solid win over Cal coming all the way from the West coast. And Bobby Haney, this is a great story, John senior attacker had played in one game, one game, her entire career. And now she's a starter and she showed up and played well and, was Levy's leading scorer. So I, I made her the lead because I just thought that was a tremendous kind of story that someone who's played very little, when they're called upon as a senior, they show up and they're ready to perform. But a nice win for Navy women's lacrosse as well. Yeah, just like in the fleet, you know, be ready. Use your training. Uh, use the mentoring that you've been provided. And, and uh, you know, when the phone call comes, you, you better be ready to answer it. That's why you know, the training and the experience that people receive on the athletic fields here is fantastic training to fly a jet, stand an officer of the deck watch, go on a submarine. I don't know if it can prepare you to be a good PAO. Nothing can do that. But still awesome, awesome stuff over the weekend. Um, I must not forget that uh, NAAA Athlete of the Week was Tyler Nelson. And Chris Cervello, uh, he and I on the golf course over the weekend were talking about how Tyler Nelson – yeah, I don't see him playing for the Miami Heat. Do I see him playing for like Maccabi Tel Aviv? Yeah, totally. Um, so I think that's a really good thing for the men's team to continue to get that exposure for athletes like Tyler and the rest of them. But most importantly, just getting that star win was huge. Um, before we get to our interviews with uh, Mike Heary, with Katie Halbert, with Kip Simons, uh, I would be remiss if we didn't go through the rest of the results. Women's tennis... Uh, over the weekend, had a split. They beat George Washington uh, here at home, uh, 6-1, then went up to Newark, Delaware, scenic Newark, Delaware in February, uh, and dropped one, unfortunately, 7-0. Uh, squash lost 7-2 to Western Ontario over the weekend. Uh, they also lost to Chatham as well. And we went over the men's and women's track and field results from Darius Dixon Memorial Invitational. Uh, so without any further ado, let's bring in Mike Heary to talk about what he saw during the Army game and what the rest of the season looks like. And then we'll get to our interviews with Kip Simons and Katie Halbert. This is Sing Second Sports. The Sing Second Sports podcast is brought to you by our friends at Dry 85 and Red Red Wine Bar in Annapolis. 
whether it's the burger of the day in an old fashioned or a Cabernet and their Cuban sandwich, which is my favorite. Be sure to check out both locations when you come to town to catch a basketball game or lacrosse game here this winter and fall. That's Dry 85 and Red Red Wine Bar on Main Street in Annapolis. Now back to the pod. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Thank you for sticking with us. It is time for our basketball breakdown segment with Mike Heary, class of 98. Uh, best hair in Navy basketball and uh, you know, pretty good jumper as well. So, Mike, you know, the, the biggest thing that we want to talk about, number one, hello, welcome back to the podcast. Number two, you know, small victory up at West Point over the weekend. Uh, great game by Tyler Nelson, another end star to the bevy of end stars that currently reside um, on the yard arm right there by Bill the Goat at, at gate one. So break it down for us beyond Tyler Nelson, you know, who had a great game with 16 points and seven boards. What did you see that eventually led to us getting the end star? Well, good to be back with you guys, uh, John and, and Chris and, and Bill. Um, it was one of those slugfest army Navy games, uh, kind of like a heavyweight boxing bout back in the day. It was, uh, just a game where Navy, I think, was able to impose their will and style of play into the game versus Army playing at their pace, uh, where they like to get up and down a little bit more. It was a tremendous defensive effort from Navy. I mean, to hold a team like Army to only 49 points is just incredible. Um, obviously not the best offensive game for Navy, but they got enough buckets to go in to get the victory. I thought a real key to the game, particularly in the uh, – first half was Daniel Deaver. He had 10 points and eight rebounds and two assists. Uh, he was, you know, really efficient. And, and in the first half, you know, really gave the team a good lift offensively and then played the line share of the minutes in the second half with Richard Njoku having the head injury. So it was a, it was a great win. And, and, you know, it was, you know, sweet revenge relative to the, the loss and giving up the lead to Army back home earlier uh, in the season. So uh, their third win in a row, and, and the team is really playing well right now. Hey, Mike, it's Bill Wagner. I'll jump in real quick. Um, you know, kind of a surprise, Nate Allison came off the bench and gave some valuable minutes. I know he was injured for a little while, I believe Coach DeCellis told me, but um, were you surprised that Nate Allison, you know, in a hostile environment, a guy with not a lot of minutes under his belt, uh, came in there and played pretty well. Yeah, gave him a nice lift, Bill. I mean, um, Nate Allison and, and Greg Summers are on the all-spring break team with those bodies. I mean, he's cut uh, really well, Nate, and he's going to have a bright future. And and honestly, you know, you've heard the coaching staff say this. They've got some guys that, you know, don't play a lot of minutes that the only reason they're not playing is because there's you know too much talent and too much experience ahead of them. But they've got some guys that they're really excited about Nate being one of them he had two blocks to go with two points and again with Richard you know not being able to play the second half I mean those little bit of minutes he played was a huge lift first of all it seems weird to me and I don't know if you know what the numbers are I'd have to get it out but it just seems like these two teams beat each other on their own court a lot more often than you would think you would think that <laughs> Army would dominate the series at Crystal Arena and West Point Navy would dominate here in Annapolis at Alumni Hall, but it does not seem to be the case. Are you surprised at how often the arch rival wins on the other's home court? Yeah, yeah it's very surprising, Bill. And, and I think, uh, you know, particularly in, in Jimmy Allen's six seasons at Army, that has been the case. There's been a lot of, 
the road team going on the, you know, to the opposing team's floor and getting the victory. I, I don't know what that is. I do know this Navy team is now 10 and three on the road this season. And, and they're just, they've, they've done a, an excellent job all season long, obviously of, of playing great on the road. And you know, I don't know if it's, you know, getting to sleep in your own bed in a hotel room, you're extra rested. I, I, I don't know. The games are, are usually on Saturdays. So it's not like, you know, you're going to class or anything like that during the day. So it's just an interesting dynamic that, 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 that has happened uh, with both teams. I think for Navy, you know, and as a former player, I've said this before, you know, it, there's nothing better than playing on the road and in a hostile environment and credit army West point. Cause they had a great environment. Um, it's honestly a good model for the Navy uh, program or the, you know, the Navy team to try to emulate. It was a great crowd. They had army athletes, you know, at the game predominantly. So you had an energized crowd and, there's nothing better than quieting a crowd down with your play. John Carter's three was huge late in the game. You know, Christian Silva hit a big three. Uh, Sean Yoder hit a big three. When you do that type of thing in a road environment and, and hear that silence, it feels really good as a player. So, Mike, let me, let me jump in here and ask you to look at your crystal ball. Um, now we turn around and find ourselves in a position to root for Army right? Because Colgate now has to go to Army. And now starting Wednesday, we have 10 days left in the season uh, with Colgate having five games, Navy with four. But the biggest one for Colgate is at Army on Wednesday night. After that, they have home games against BU and American, both winnable, and then a roadie at Holy Cross, definitely winnable, before closing the season against us. Our four games a little roadie at American on Wednesday, which is really kind of a home game or as close as you get to one as possible. The same Holy Cross team at home, Loyola at home, and then Colgate away. So right now being a game and a half down in the standings, it certainly looks like if Colgate, if Army can beat Colgate tomorrow night, that game at the end of the season on February 26th might be to host the Patriot League tournament. But then when it comes to our home record versus our away record. What are you really rooting for? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a weird dynamic, right? I mean, this Navy team again, 10 and three on the road, uh, overall, they've just done a tremendous job of, of being locked in and playing great on the road. And if you look at the standings right now, it's interesting. You, you, you see a Boston university team that's won three in a row, like Navy, and they're starting to play better. So you say to yourself, if you can't get the one seed and catch Colgate somehow, and Navy's going to need some help, they obviously have to control what they can control, which is beating American at American, which I think will be a very difficult game. It's, you know, after the Army-Navy game, it's got that natural letdown potential. Uh, the environment won't be that great. It won't be like Army, certainly. So you got a lot to deal with there. But, you know, you look at the, 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 the rest of the games and you think about the standings, BU's in the, in the third spot. We're in the second spot. You know, do you want to play BU a third time and, and potentially in the semifinals and have to, you know, beat them three times? Would you rather maybe see Lehigh overtake BU and get a chance to right some wrongs against Lehigh? Again, assuming you can get past the quarterfinal game. So there's a lot of little combinations of things that can happen. I think at, at this point, Navy has got to just continue to focus on themselves. What they can control, obviously, is all they can control. And one of the things that really has been a, a huge thing, you know, since the Lehigh loss is, is the defense, you know, giving up 55 points at Loyola, 
44 at home versus Lafayette and 49 on the road at Army. If this team defends like that the rest of the way, they're going to be a very difficult team to beat. And, and if they can obviously just get their scoring going a little bit more, they make him even that much harder. So it's a, it's a schedule that lays out pretty good for, for Navy on paper, and uh, they're going to obviously need some help to catch Colgate. Yeah, last one for me, you know, to your point about defense, uh, holding Jalen Rucker to 4 of 17 shooting, Josh Caldwell to 3 of 11 shooting. The perimeter defense was amazing. Army did not shoot very well from 3, 3 for 21. Um, not that we were that much better at 4 for 18, but we were better when it counted, when it needed to count. Um, so that's great. You know, before I let you go, when Wags will ask you the final questions, we all have our favorite Army uh, Navy memories. For you in four years playing Army, what was your favorite memory of beating Army? Wow. Uh, we only lost to them once. Uh, we we went, ended up going, I think it was 10-1 and because we played them twice, I believe, in conference tournament play and, and won most of those, only the one loss. It's pretty hard for me, uh, John, to top my freshman year. Uh, when I was a plebe, uh, we had a jam-packed alumni hall. It was, it was a much different, raucous environment than what we've seen sometimes in alumni hall. I mean, I think they made every mid-go, and there were people standing. It was potentially a fire code violation, quite honestly. And uh, I was fortunate enough, I came off the bench I ended up having 31 points. We beat Army. Um, I think I had 24 in the second half. I, that was a pretty incredible memory because uh, we won the game and I was able to have such a great game. I, it was hard to top that one. That That's one that sticks out right away. Um, up at Army, we've had some great wins too. Uh, we never lost at Army in our four years um, up at their place, and that was always nice. So I would have to say uh, my, my, my freshman year would, would probably be the one that, that rings truest to me. 31 points is a plebe, hard to beat. Yeah, the, the line has been laid down for future recruits. So, uh, Wags, go ahead. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, 31 points, and I caught that you came off the bench. I don't believe you came off the bench two more many times after that, did you? It was, it was Wags. It was just my freshman year. Um, we had a, a great senior that – in TJ Hall that, that started on the wing and I, I came off the bench and for whatever reason, my freshman year, I was just, I had a, a really good season. I, I led the, our team in scoring, but I was able to do it from coming off the bench and coach DeVoe called me his version of John Havlicek. I think that was a little bit of a, a crazy a compliment to put me in the same category as John Havlicek, but it certainly felt good. And he, he called me that throughout my freshman year and it got us all the way to the Patriot League championship game where we unfortunately lost at Colgate but yeah that was that was one year when I was uh, Mr. Six Man. Yeah we all know you didn't play the type of defense John Havlicek did. Um, so here's <laughs> a, a little funny thing that I picked up from Scott Strassmeyer who went up to West Point to uh, observe these two games. Um, I was watching the women's game and uh, just for the record Army beat Navy and women's basketball, another close one, but uh, Kate Murray got hot and lifted Army to victory in the women's game. But I was watching that from the press box while covering Navy men's lacrosse. And after the game, a very official uh, general or someone in a, it might've been the soup uh, or whatever they call them at the uh, West Point, but he came down and he grabbed the trophy that they present to the women and they did a formal ceremony. Well, Strauss said that after the men's game, 
no formal presentation of the alumni trophy. Uh, they put it on a, a chair. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, you know, when, when it seems like I've noticed here recently when either team wins or the other team loses, it's, it's a little bit sour, you know, I don't know. I, I wish it wasn't maybe like that necessarily, but um, yeah, that's, that's a funny story. We love the acrimony at Sing Second Sports, Mike, as, as you well know. So, well, I'll tell you <laughs> what, um, Mike, you know, I, I think you're exactly right. I think this American game uh, on Wednesday is a trap game, two very winnable home games, but we know that home games are a wild card as always. And then I really do. I'm going to put on my uh, I'm going to put on my Nostradamus cap here and say that that Colgate game on February 26th is going to be for the number one seed in the Patriot League tournament. We know that we're going to get the best of coverage uh, and analysis from you and Pete. So keep it up. And thank you so much for joining the podcast again. Oh, my pleasure, John. Appreciate it. All right, guys, ladies and gentlemen, that was Mike Heary, class of 98. Uh, don't know what the hair looked like his freshman year when he scored 31. I think from Plebe summer to then, it was probably in full flow, um, which it probably led to the 31 points. So, Mike, until we can tee it up again, which uh, hopefully uh, Yumi and Pablo Beltran can, uh, can get the good times rolling again, uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Sounds great, guys. Appreciate it. All right. We're going to go to break. This is Sing Second Sports. A special thank you to our fall and winter sponsors, Dry 85 and Red Red Wine Bar in Annapolis, and Academy Consulting. Thank you for your support. It's through their generosity that we're able to bring you Sing Second Sports each and every week. If you're interested in being a sponsor, drop us a DM. We'd love to hear from you. Now back to the pod. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. We're excited to be joined on the coaches segment here by Navy Gymnastics coach Kip Simons. Kip is coming off of, and the boys are coming off of, a very successful weekend a couple of weekends ago as they dominated Army start to finish on its way to a 17.7-point victory in the 2022 edition of the Star Meet. Um, This was a meet that did not take place last year, which was not lost on us. Kip, you and I had talked about that, that that was a huge thing to lose that due to the COVID scheduling. Um, so number one, welcome aboard and congratulations for winning the star and being a part of that, you know, successful group over the weekend to win all those stars. How special was it for you to be able to compete again with this much riding on the line? Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Um, you know, we talked a lot about um, being grateful to have this opportunity because, as you mentioned, you know, this meet did not take place, you know, much to my chagrin. Last year, we tried everything to, to get it to happen. It just didn't work. Um, and so, you know, earlier in the week, we, we talked about um, doing this for the five seniors that graduated last year that didn't have the opportunity to go out and take the floor. So we have uh, nine firsties this year. And so it was certainly to send them off <clears throat> with a star in their senior year, but also to, to remember the five that graduated last year that didn't have this opportunity. So it was, it was a great day, great afternoon. Halsey was packed. Uh, it was our first... First uh, star in our new home here in, in Halsey Fieldhouse. So, um, you know, it, it was awesome to, to have all the mids in there, certainly the leadership as well. And, and uh, we performed, we got the job done, brought home the star. So hats off to you, Coach, number one, for what the entire setup looks like uh, in Halsey. I mean, you and I, I haven't kept it a secret. You, your son and my son played on the same travel baseball team. 
We've been talking about you grinding it out up in McDonough for all these years. Talked about missing the star match um, or the star meet last year. How happy were you to see not only this meet get carried out in Halsey, which looked amazing, but then I'm telling you what, and I'm sending a message here to the brigade. There were more people out there supporting gymnastics than I've seen at any home basketball game this year. And it was awesome. How special did that make you feel? Oh, man, you know, the work that's that's gone on, this has been a long process, um, you know, almost a full year of going through all the intricacies of, of getting moved out of McDonough Hall and over into Halsey. And for a time, we were looking at the September time frame, which would have given us four or five months to get settled. And, you know, we literally had our first practice in there on 3 January. And so, you know, hats off to all the leadership to, to make sure that we, you know, not only got a place to train, but, you know, really you know, one of the best places in the country, honestly, um, you know, we spared no expenses and knowing that we were going to be over there for a full three years, you know, it couldn't be something that was subpar. And, and you know, we have to be able to, to recruit out of there. We have to be able to run championship events out of there. Um, and and it's it's amazing. It's it's a great facility and, and the guys got comfortable real quick. And um, again, that's a testament to, to the leadership and support from the leadership. So and then, to you know, to have the mids out there and, and you know, I have no idea how many people were there, but it was, you know, standing room only and, and uh, the fences were lined with mids. And, you know, we actually trained that way because the equipment is, is very close to to the fence that runs around. And so throughout the week, we put some of our athletes out on the outside, you know, banging on the fence right in front of the parallel bars just so that we we knew what to expect on Saturday and we weren't going to be distracted. Um, so. At first, I was kind of taken aback by it, and I'm going to let Wags ask you the next question, but at first, I was taken aback when I saw it. Like, it almost looked like a UFC cage. Like, hey, enter the ring, and only pain awaits you inside. But as you saw the competition go on, the, like the chain-link fence all around like, kind of gave it a badass appearance. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was it was certainly a heavyweight fight in there. I mean, that's the way we prepared and and we, we took it to him. Uh, you know, it was it was uh, Mike Tyson out there and, and um, you know, you can pick any one of the opponents. But, um, you know, you're never going to sleep on Army. And I knew Doug would would come down and have his team ready and um, two different strategies. Uh, their strategy was to kind of do a little bit easier routines and, and execute them very well. So I'm sure you've been watching the Olympic Games. You see a lot of the um tricks that are going on there's kind of two scores on how hard the trick was and then how well they performed it exact same format that we have in gymnastics so their strategy is a little bit easier of a routine and then execute it very well our strategy starting you know way back in august was you know let's throw the kitchen sink you know let's throw it all in there and then we'll clean it up over time and it kind of I had some concerns that we'd be able to clean it up in time for the star meet, knowing so much is on the line so early in the season. This is more of a strategy for March, April. Um, but, you know, that you just put it on the guy's shoulders and let the big dogs eat. So, Kip, I'll jump in real quick. And I'm looking at the picture and I see, you know, this was photo was taken as you all were listening to Blue and Gold after winning, you know, singing second, as we like to say on this show. Um but I'm not quite sure I understand. I haven't been into Halsey since uh, McDonough renovation began. But how exactly is are you all set up? I know what the gymnastics setup was in McDonough with the apparatus and everything. But I'm picturing Halsey. There's the main arena that for old timers, what used to be the basketball arena is now the main arena. And that, that's where this meet was held. 
but is that also your practice facility? Yep. Yep. You bet, Wags. Um, so we're, we've got about 40, 40 yards, right? You know, from the 40 yard line to the 30 yard line. And so you have the, the weightlifting gym closest to the rock wall. Then we have kind of the 50 yard line, the middle third. And then, you know, the third third is a turf field that is used for, you know, soccer, lacrosse, football. And, um, you know, it's, it's funny, uh, my coach, Peter Corman, who was here, you know, late seventies through the uh, late eighties, he was, he's very jealous because they, they renovated McDonough Hall back in the, in the mid eighties. And he had a very skeleton gym and I believe it was kind of just out in the hall. They called it the fishbowl. And, and so that's where they had their temporary facility. And then he comes in, you know, 30 years later and sees what we have. He's like, what the heck, Kip, you know, how did you pull this off? But um, yeah, it, it really is. We, we were able to, to put in pits and so can't dig into Halsey to put our foam pits in. So we actually elevated some of the apparatus three feet off the ground. And that way it creates almost a trench that you can fill with, uh, with foam and for our training purposes. So uh, before I get into more about the meet and talking about some of the performances, when you return to McDonough, um, I'm sure you're been made aware of the plans of renovating your space. Do you feel you'll be in a much better facility when you return to McDonough? That, that's correct. Yeah, we actually pick up uh, probably about 2,000 more square foot uh, of space. They're going to actually uh, create a little bit more of a pit area for us. Actually going to have a bathroom on the third deck. If you can imagine our own bathroom on the third deck. So we're not going to have to send, you know, Hooray! Down, down three flights of stairs to use the restroom. So excited about little things like that, you know, HVAC to be able to have some temperature control in there, um, you know, throughout the winter and throughout the summer. Um, but, you know, we're looking forward to moving back, but honestly, we are very content right where we are. Just the exposure that we're getting, um, you know, McDonough Hall is off the beaten path a little bit and we're up there on the third deck and we just don't get a whole lot of exposure. People kind of walking and, and passing through our space, but um, with these guys training right there front and center, you got a lot of tours that come through and, and, um, gymnastics is kind of getting some, some attention around the yard, which is awesome. So looking at the star meet, obviously, uh, first thing Sunday, I wanted to review all of what Navy did in the various star competitions. And I pulled up the release and I was taken aback to learn that the all around champion of the meet who won the floor exercise, parallel bars, high bars, uh, high bar as well was a freshman, uh, Isaiah Drake from Los Angeles. I'm like, wow. I mean, because you normally, your senior, your upperclassmen are your top gymnasts. They've earned their way that to that level. And uh, could talk about Isaiah Drake. He obviously must be a phenomenal talent. Yeah, he certainly is. He's, he's a special young man. Um, you know, got to start by saying, you know, we're, we're a team of 25 and all 25 guys on the team have a role for sure. And it was a complete team, team effort, team victory on Saturday. But, you know, every once in a while you get, you get a special young man that comes along that, um, you know, just has that, that natural talent. And, you know, the, the beauty of an Isaiah Drake is he comes to work every day. He's a blue collar work you know, workhorse, uh, very humble young man and, you know, wants to, to go into special warfare. And, and so 
as I was going through the recruiting process, he wants to, to make an Olympic team and he wants to, you know, go into the special warfare. And so it's been done before. There's been one other um, SEAL Olympian uh, from 1994, Lillehammer. I believe he was a bobs bobsledder. So, you know, I said to Isaiah, hey, you know, it's been done before. It's not going to be an easy path. But, you know, that's that's what we do here. And, you know, I can certainly help guide you in the direction um, of trying to make an Olympic team. But um, and then you're going to have to take care of your you know pursuit of, of going into special warfare. But um, those opportunities are available to you here at the Naval Academy. And so, you know, it's great for me to see, you know, <clears throat> some of the athletes uh, from soccer to football to baseball going on and pursuing, you know, some of their professional professional careers um, and, and for the right guy. You know, we're looking at potentially 2024 or 2028 for Isaiah. Well, I'm pretty sure the uh, athlete you're referring to that was an Olympic bobsledder was Bob Weisenfels, who was a former football player. And his son was the MVP of the Navy sprint football team this year. So kind of interesting how academy stuff comes around. Well, let's before I send it back to John to wrap, um, you know, Isaiah was the all around champion, but they also have the individual event champions and. Sophomore Ronan McQuillan was the uh, winner on the pommel horse. Senior Josh Williams won on the rings. Junior Connor Van Lu won on the vault. And another freshman, Riley Rose, helped seal the Navy victory as he joined Drake atop the leaderboard of the high bar. Um, it does sound like it is a total team effort, and it sounds like total dominance. Well, it was. Um, I know Army's good gymnastics team. Is this surprising to you? You just pretty much killed it. They won everything. Yeah, you know, it's again, it's uh, the preparation, the buy-in from the guys. Um, Got to give a shout out to our, our brand new uh, assistant coach as well, uh, Mike Reed. He's just came on board. So, you know, the adversity, you know, these guys are tough as nails. The adversity of going through a coaching change, <clears throat> changing facilities, and they just keep hard charging. But Mike Reed is a phenomenal addition to our coaching staff. He was a member at Oklahoma University on a national championship team there. Also won the Palm Horse as an individual uh, there at Oklahoma and has dual citizenship and is still representing Jamaica competitively. Uh, the weekend before he showed up here at Navy in November, he was down in El Salvador competing, won, um, won his two events, which he only competes on the parallel bars and the Palm Horse, won gold on, on his two events representing Jamaica down in El Salvador. So he has aspirations of making 2024 for Jamaica. So, you know, again, he, he's come in and, and made some nice changes to the program. And so, um, you know, we're, we're all in and, and, you know, we want to push towards, you know, why not be a top six program out there? And, you know, we start knocking off some of these big 10 programs. We're not there yet, but we stay humble. We stay hungry. Well, Kip, that was on display, uh, when you won the star and we're I'm sure we're going to see it the rest of the year. Unfortunately, your chances to see Kip and the rest of the gymnastics team at home are few. Uh, but I think in late March is when you come home after going down to Frisco a couple of times and a couple of other road meets. Um, so I think that's late March, right, Kip? That uh, is the next time we can have a uh, home meet. That's correct. And that'll be a great, uh, it's a championship event. And so there'll be four, four college teams and then individuals from probably 10 other programs around the country. And so 25, 26, uh, March, Friday and Saturday. Well, come on out and support gymnastics. Kip, once again, congratulations on getting that star. One year late, it still counts. Um, and good luck the rest of the season, and thank you for joining us. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Kip Simons. We're going to go to break. When, we'll, when we come back, we'll have our next segment.
All right, Sing Second fans. Each week we get a list of things to run down to keep you informed as to what's going on from NAAA. Uh, this week there's just a ton of stuff. Um, so let me just kind of hit on the things that will help you plan your weekend. As John mentioned, Navy Wrestling looks to continue its dominance in the Star Series as the team takes on Army Friday at 7.30 p.m. in Alumni Hall. Fans will receive free pom-poms and Navy Wrestling foam fists at the door. While supplies last, for tickets, call 1-800-US-4-NAVY or visit NavySports.com. The women's lacrosse team returns to Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium on Thursday for a 5 p.m. matchup with George Mason. All Navy women's lacrosse home games are free to attend, including this year's Army-Navy game, which is scheduled for Saturday, April 23rd. Your Navy men's basketball team will be at Alumni Hall Saturday for a new matchup with Holy Cross. The first 250 fans in attendance will receive a free Navy superhero cape. And finally, baseball. But be sure to mark your calendar. Opening day for Navy baseball is just around the corner. The midshipmen kick off their season with a 2 p.m. matchup this Friday versus UMBC. Join the team all season long at Max Bishop Stadium. All Navy baseball home games are free to attend. Now back to the pot. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. So happy to be joined here in our athlete segment by Naval Academy track and field athlete Katie Halbert. Katie was part of the N-Star winning women's track and field squad last weekend that beat Army there in Wesley Brown Fieldhouse, an incredibly electric atmosphere that was very special, you know, part of a weekend when four stars were one. And I know Katie will talk about how special it was to be a part of that one. Um, she was also named recently the Patriot League Track and Field Athlete of the Week, recently winning the 60-meter hurdles and the long jump. The senior team captain broke her own Navy school record in the 60-meter meter hurdles, clocking a time of 8.56 to win the event. That was the event uh, before Army. And then her time in the 60-meter hurdles was also a star meet record and an ECAC qualifying time. In the long jump, Halbert registered the winning distance of 5.92 meters, and her performance in the long jump was the third best distance in Navy history. It set a star meet record and was an ECAC qualifying jump. So number one, Katie, thank you very, very much for joining us. Congratulations on all the recent success. And let's just be very blunt. What was it like to beat the hell out of Army last weekend? It was an incredible feeling. There's nothing quite like it. Even Patriot Leagues doesn't quite measure up to the energy that Army-Navy brings. Uh, especially with the weekend with so many competitions. There's so many people in the yard that supporting Navy sports. And it was incredible. Packed, rafters full, floor full, lining the track, lining the pit. It's amazing. So I have to admit, I was standing there with, uh, I believe, one of the O-Reps and my old shipmate, uh, uh, Commander John of Avasor, and she was just talking about how unbelievably tight the team was and, and how, you know, the energy around the team, not just for the star meet, but the whole time has been there. And you are part of the leadership um, of that dynamic. What's it like to be bestowed those three stripes and to be a team captain? It's a it's it's quite an honor. I, it's nice to know that my team trusts me in the position and that I can I leave with like their permission and their help. They're pushing me from the bottom. They're pushing me up um, so that I can lead them from the front. And it's an incredible opportunity. Never really thought I would be the person coming in plead year. It was something that kind of seemed like 
they were such incredible athletes. I didn't think I would be ever one of them. So to kind of like work my way up to the top and then have the coaches one trust me and then my team trust me in that way. And I get to see all of like my teammates, my people do incredible things. And every single time it's like, I'm the mom and I'm so proud of them. I'm like, that's my athlete. That's my athlete. Whether it's a guy, whether it's a girl, freshman, senior, I'm, I get to be proud and like of every single amazing performance, like the high jump school record tying by Molly Chapman and Taylor Buchanan. I don't think I ever screamed that loud. My voice is still kind of gone from it. It's incredible. Alex Rizzo makes a mile look like a straight out sprint. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, I, I got to spend some time with Alex right after he ran and he wasn't really even out of breath. I was like, come on, man, I'm out of breath just talking to you. Um, so it was an incredibly impressive day and, and the support that you all give each other is is not lost on us. Wags, go ahead. Well, it's great to have Katie join us on uh, Sing Second Sports. I just did an interview with her to write an article about when she set four school records at one meet the Wesley Brown Invitational, which was just awesome. Um, and uh, I mean, you're obviously a very, very talented athlete. I was going to ask you with the Army Navy meet, you all fell behind. This was a come from behind victory. Um, kind of talk about that when you get behind a little bit, you're at your home facility, it's Army, and you start getting a little worried or you just, you know, that they're, they're, your athletes are going to come through. I always trust my team. Alexa and I share that. We trust our team. We know that if we do our jobs, everyone else will do theirs. Um, but we knew it was going to be tight. The numbers said it was going to be tight. Our team knew it was going to be tight. Um, Patriot League is, is going to be like another Army-Navy game and, or another Army-Navy meet, and we're prepared for that. But we won where we thought we were going to win, and we did lose in some places that we wish we hadn't. But getting close like that just pushes everyone to thrive. Um, for me, it was I had never been someone that the team depended on to win. I was I'd been there, but they've never been like, we need you to win. For me, that was driving. I was like, I know I need to do my part um, more so than any other year in the past. If I want to like if we want to beat Army and clearly Molly Chapman had that same mentality. But um, it was nerve wracking. I got I had that fear and that fear pushed me. For me, that fear pushed me because I was done so early. All I could do was trust my teammates to do their jobs. And I knew that they would pull through. Um, and I was in there screaming my head off at every event, running from long jump or from triple jump to high jump to the mile to the 3K, um, giving everything I could in terms of energy. And the entire team was right there beside us, guys and girls from 11 a.m. to 5 o'clock in the evening. The entire Navy track and field team was filling Westview with energy. So we did everything we absolutely could. And it was good to know that our best is what it needs to be. So as I reviewed the meet results and I had to write a little, do a write up. I was writing about Navy clinching the star series so early, thanks to that great Saturday afternoon of four victories in star competitions. But as I looked at it, it looked like you, you, you got a lot of points in the field events of which your part winning the long jump. Um, did you feel the field events was what carried the day for Navy women? I think that's where we had the most standout performances for sure. Um, going like one, two in the high jump or one, two, three in the high jump, one, two in long jump, one, two in triple jump, one, two in the pole vault. Um, it makes up for those points. It's, it's nice to have those events you can depend on the strength, especially because they're kind of in the back half. So you don't get to depend on those points. They get to carry you through at the end. Um, our team has traditionally been a very strong sprinting school. Um, so like the sprints are usually where we, we thrive and I'm excited to see everyone who's a bit hungry from the way the sprints went necessarily um, at Patriots. We're going to be reorganizing and pushing so we can kind of get a more even spread of where the points come from. But 
having this field events there was critical. Um, I think sometimes those athletes get lost in the Navy track part and you don't get the field as much, but I would say this weekend was Navy field and track. Excellent. Well, before I pass it back to John to wrap us up, um, when I was interviewing you about setting the, the meet records and one of them was in the long jump and I asked you how you, cause you just obliterated the record. And I think you went like, how much further than your personal best did you on that long jump? Over a foot. That, that's crazy. That's all, that doesn't happen. And when you said, well, I finally hit the board for once uh, because anyone who knows long jump, you do a long approach, a sprint approach, and you want to be able to smack that board for takeoff. And I guess sometimes you've been hitting a little early or you're, you're ahead of the board or whatever. But um, did you hit the board against the uh, when you did the Army Navy meet? Barely. That first jump, I managed to like put a toe on the board, but the other two jumps, I didn't even touch it. I was four inches, six inches behind it. Couldn't replicate it, but um, I learned I learned on it. And my coach was like, okay, maybe you get to practice it for once. Maybe we'll let you practice once or twice. But it was going to be uh, going to be interesting because I think at Patriots, both long jump events for the pentathlon and the open long jump happen within the span of the pentathlon. So during the pentathlon, I'm going to be running around trying to get two long jump events in, uh, which will be for very great for great fun. And then we'll see about the hurdle prelims. I think are after the 800. So up for the challenge. I like pushing the limit. So Katie, before I let you go, you're in the throes not only of your final athletic season, but of the dark ages, right? You know, you've you've got your final semester in front of you. Number one, I have to ask, what is your service assignment? I serve selected Navy pilot. As you reflect on your time, as you reflect on your athletic career, and, and we talk about what the athletic mission or the physical mission here at the Naval Academy imbues upon you, you know, well beyond the final time you're trying to hit the board in the long jump, you know, what has it meant to you? How have you grown as, as the 17 or 18 year old that, you know, that, that came from long ago and far away to the person who's about to go to Pensacola and possibly fly a jet what is the physical mission given you, in your opinion? For me, the physical mission, specifically in Navy, like Navy track, is what kind of allowed me to grow while I was here. The difference between me as a plebe and me now in maturity is so insane that I can't even like recognize who I was four years ago. I don't think anybody, no, none of the upper class that I knew at the time would probably recognize me now or believe where I am. But um, Navy track started with I don't know Clayton Thompson. Uh, best friend on the team started right from the beginning he pulled me um, pulled me up from plebe me mindset not really sure what I'm capable of kind of stick to the status quo and was like be yourself push for it and Navy Track gave me a place where I could be myself even within the strict strict structure of the academy um, and then it gave me something every single day you know you go to you even when you don't want to go you go um, you find your friends you have fun you put new limits new goals um, even outside of the track physicality wise is it opened up new abilities for me because I hadn't long jumped since sophomore year. And then when I started long jumping, I hadn't ever run my PRT. I think my IPRT coming into the Academy was a 1357 failing by almost two minutes. And then I finished with a 1030 and I was like, or a 1050. I was like, I dropped three minutes off of my time and I wouldn't have gotten there without the mindset that track gave me. Um, to kind of get to that line. And even when you really don't know if your foot will follow, you'll start, you'll start. And once you start, you'll finish. Um, and that's how I kind of approach everything now is if I start, I'll finish. Um, just got to take that first step.
Back at home, Friday the 18th in Wesley Brown for the Navy Select. Please come out and support athletes like Katie Halbert. Katie, number one, good luck to you the rest of the way. Number two, thank you so much for making time here on a class day. Good luck the, for, during the rest of the semester. And let's sing second. Thank you. Beat Army. Beat Army indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, Katie Halbert of Navy Women's Track and Field. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to be taking this out. This is Sing Second Sports. All right, Sing Second fans, one more set of reads before John takes us out. Defending champion Navy is hosting the Patriot League Swimming and Diving Championships this week at Lejeune Hall. The meet begins on Wednesday at 6 p.m. and continues through Saturday evening with preliminaries at 10 a.m. and finals at 6 p.m. each night. Tickets are available at NavySports.com. The Navy cheer and dance teams will be hosting a pregame clinic on Saturday, February 26th from 1 to 3 p.m. The clinic package is $25 and includes the clinic, lunch, a ticket to the Navy women's basketball game versus Colgate, and the opportunity to perform on the court with the Navy cheer and dance teams at halftime. For more information or to register, call 1-800-US-4-NAVY or visit the marketing table. And finally, drum roll please, Navy football season tickets are now on sale. Experience the pageantry and excitement of Navy football all season long by purchasing or renewing your season tickets today. To secure your football season tickets, call 1-800-US-4-NAVY or visit NavySports.com. Now back to the pod. All right, we are back. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. Number one, I'm going to send it over to Chris Cervello here before we take it out. Um, we've been on the road. We've been talking about Navy sports. We've spent a lot of time in cars and on golf courses. Uh, but in, in the end, I see the season, you know, on this upward trajectory. Obviously, you can't go wrong with all the N-star wins. And, and, you know, our hearts go out to Navy women's basketball for not getting theirs uh, along with the men. But you know, Chris, we, we talked about this at the outset of doing this podcast. The the results seem to be coming in and and really painting a picture of how great a program Chet and the coaches have built here. You know, it's a little too early to start popping the you know the the banners and and you know the champagne. But what what are your impressions as we get into kind of the thick of the dark ages? Well, first of all, I couldn't be prouder to be an alumni of the United States Naval Academy for all of the things that you, you just mentioned, um, the resiliency that the athletes, the coaches, the athletic department has shown over the last two years, not only makes me uh, proud as a fan, but as somebody that has spent a, a career um, advising and admiring uh, leaders that's what this institution specifically in the athletic department is, is filled with. It's filled with leaders that are able to deal with adversity and, you know, continue to put a high quality product um, out there on the field. So um, I, I like where we are. Um, I'm excited for the spring sports. I think you're, we're going to see great stuff from uh, lacrosse, from baseball. Um, I, I'm just, you know, fingers crossed, toes crossed that, Basketball continues that upward trajectory, you know, after a few uh, hiccups uh, along the way. So, yeah, buckle up. It's going to continue to be uh, an exciting ride for Navy fans. Yeah, a high-quality product indeed. And, and I'll tell you what, for me, I've, I've had two seminal moments so far. 
you know, after the Air Force game for football um, and the Ivan Jasper moment and all the struggles for the team, if you would have told me at that moment that that team would have come back in December and beat Army the way that they did, I would have told you you were crazy. If you would have told me that after the Lehigh game that Navy basketball would have rebounded the way they did, I would have told you that you were crazy. And that is just a sign of what the word resilience means and how the coaches and Chet and all the administrators have drilled this down, that these are not times to hang your head. These are chances to then go off and succeed again. Uh, so hats off. Let's talk about the week that will be coming up. Number one, we have another pod at the end of the week. It is baseball season. Well, not in the MLB, um, as they are still locked out. And I don't know if that'll ever end. We are going to talk to Navy baseball coach Paul Costacopoulos at the end of the week as he previews the season ahead, including Friday's season opener at home at 2 p.m. So that'll be a great interview. We're also going to be talking to Navy wrestler Jake Kozer. He is approaching, as well as all of his uh, uh, teammates, the star meet against Army here in Annapolis over the weekend. Uh, so we are definitely, definitely looking forward to that as well. And also a really special interview coming at the end of the week. We are talking to Naval Academy grad and NASCAR personality, Jesse Awuji, uh, about the beginning of the NASCAR season coming up, which always excites Chris Cervello. He has circled this interview on his calendar. He is pumped and ready to go to watch cars make left-handed turns. So the week that will be in addition to that other podcast, we also have women's golf. They are currently out in San Jose. In fact, after the uh, first run at the San Jose Intercollegiate, they finished 13th out of 18. They have another shot during the week. Um, also, Wednesday, the Patriot League Championships are on tap here in Annapolis, Maryland for men's and women's swimming and diving. And then we talked about uh, with Mike Heary, the midweek game for men's basketball against American. The women also host American. So if you're in Annapolis, 7 p.m. on Wednesday night, please come out and check out the women's team as they take on American at home at 7 p.m. Uh, Patriot League championships continue for swimming and diving over uh, Thursday. Women's Lacs hosts George Mason at 5 p.m. on Thursday. So come out to Navy Marine Corps Stadium and watch that. And then... And as we continue the week and get to Friday, we have the Navy Select meet for men's and women's track and field at Wesley Brown. So keep an eye out on that. Great Friday for me. Uh, watching swimming and diving in Annapolis, watching track and field in Annapolis, uh, and then going out and watching the baseball game uh, against UMBC at 2 p.m. I mean, I don't want to like, I don't want to run your day, but I think that's the way to do it. Uh, and then topping it off that night with the Swimming and Diving Patriot League Championship as well. And then, I don't know, just a small wrestling match at 7.30 p.m. on Friday night against Army. Let's get another star, Coach Colat and Jacob Kozer. So, for Wags and Chris, I am John. What a great, great week it was. What a great week it will be. We'll see you on the flip. This is Sing Second Sports. Thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play -play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of podcast segments.